minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome inside another edition of a Pack a Day Podcast. My name is Nick Schmitz, and I will be your host today. It is a new era here in Green Bay, Wisconsin. The Packers with a new head coach going out and hiring former Titans offensive coordinator Matt LaFleur. He's a relatively young head coach, only 39 years old. Not the hire that a lot of people were really thinking that the Packers would get. So interesting to see. We'll just have to see how this goes moving forward. Let me bring in my co-host today. I'm joined by Jacob Westendorf. Jacob, how are you today? I'm doing well. Uh, There's a lot of good things going on. Uh, Those of you that follow me on Twitter found out that the head coaching hire wasn't the only news I got Monday afternoon. If you haven't gotten that, then... um, I'm just going to leave it at that for now, but pretty exciting times in the uh, Westendorf household here. Um, got news on the head coach, though. It's Matt LaFleur. It is not Josh McDaniels, which is what I had become resigned to. Um, we'll talk more about that, obviously. But, yeah, kind of out of left field. I didn't think it would happen as quickly as it did, but Matt LaFleur is the head coach, so bring on the dodgeball references. Well, you know, speaking of dodgeball references, I mean, when I first heard that Matt LaFleur was brought on as the head coach, this was my first thought. Bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. So, I mean, I'm sure you'll be hearing thousands upon thousands of those. I, I, I let our godfather, Andy Herman, know that there'll be a couple of them in there. He told me to go light on them today as he is already worn out of the dodgeball references. Um but, I mean, so let's let's talk about Matt LaFleur. So he's 39 years old. He's been a, a couple different places. He comes over from Tennessee from this past season. Uh, and, you know, people are talking that, you know, the, the Titans offense wasn't great, uh, that they statistically they weren't actually better this past year under LaFleur than they were in previous seasons. Um, he had been with Sean McVay in Los Angeles in McVay's first year. He had worked under uh, both Shanahan's, I believe, uh, Kyle Shanahan. Um, or, well, sorry, uh, Kyle Shanahan was not at. Uh, uh, or, well, I'm getting I'm getting mixed up. I don't follow the Shanahan's all that much, but I know he's he worked with Matt Ryan. Uh, in the Super Bowl years, uh, or in the Super Bowl year, worked with RG3, um, and then he also was the quarterback coach with Brian Kelly at Notre Dame. Ironically, uh, which was, I believe, Deshaun Kaiser's freshman year. I could be wrong on that, but um, it, that makes that was actually one of the interesting things that I thought about with the hire. If you know, he he's he gets this four-year deal with a fifth-year option from the Packers, and yeah, I I kind of wondered if his time with Brian Kelly at Notre Dame and his you know experience, as limited as it was with Deshaun Kaiser, had anything to do with them deciding to hire Sean or not Sean McVay, uh, Matt Lafleur, and you know maybe have. 
Lafleur be the next step uh, with Deshaun Kaiser if he's still around when Aaron Rodgers retires? Yeah, that could be something interesting to follow. I don't think that. I mean, if you look at it, Matt Lafleur's contract runs right in line with Aaron Rodgers. As there's that fifth year option, Rodgers obviously has four years left on his current deal, uh, so that'll be something to watch. Uh, but. I mean, it can't hurt to have somebody who's worked with Kaiser before. Kaiser, they've made the investment. He's going to be around here, even if it's just as the backup. He's still talented, albeit his two performances this season were less than inspiring, I guess you could say. Uh, But he was put in a tough situation both times. So um, I'm not ready to close the book on him just yet. But working with quarterbacks, that's something Aaron Rodgers has talked about in the past. It's been speculated. He respects guys that played the position uh, or have coached the position. In this case, LaFleur coached the position. So that's kind of where we're at right now is, you know, you mentioned who he's worked with in the past. Uh, He worked with Sean McVay. He worked with Kyle Shanahan uh, while he was with Mike Shanahan's staff. So to kind of help you get to your conclusion there was he was on Mike Shanahan's staff in Washington, and then he – worked with Kyle Shanahan's offensive staff in Atlanta the year Matt Ryan won his MVP award. He was the quarterback's coach. So if you want reasons to like the hire, and if you're a Packers fan, I assume that you do, there's your reasons right there. He's worked under two of the best offensive minds in football. Um, Kyle Shanahan obviously made Nick Mullins look like a competent passer through the course of the season. Um, So that's something to keep an eye on. But he's worked with some good minds. Now, there's plenty of – Whenever you hire a new coach, there's always a question mark to some degree. Um, the you know the Packers have the numbers you mentioned for the Titans' offense are there; they're real. Uh, there's definitely some context that needs to be added to it, and we'll talk about that. Zach Cruz of Packers Wire has brought some of them up. Uh, one of those is Marcus Mariota was injured most of the season, and I'm not so sure he's very good. And when Marcus Mariota was injured, it was Blaine Gabbert taking snaps for the Titans, and I am very sure that he is not any good. So everybody these days wants a coach to turn chicken salad from chicken crap, to paraphrase here. And the reality is just Matt LaFleur was dealt a rough hand in Tennessee because Jack Conklin didn't play most of the year. He's a very fine offensive tackle. That's a rough go. Delaney Walker, the tight end, missed all of the season. That's one of their best weapons, and it's not like the Titans are flush with these offensive weapons. And Blaine Gabbert played a pretty large amount of games. I mean, if Blaine Gabbert plays more than, like, three games, you're like, man, when are we going to get out of this? Um, So there's your reasons. I mean, there's reasons to like him. There's reasons not to like him. The reality is, you know, when the Packers hired Mike McCarthy, they were coming off a season in San Francisco where McCarthy was the offensive coordinator, and they ranked 32nd in the league in total offense. Um, there's 32 teams in the NFL. You do the math on how bad that is. Mike McCarthy is the greatest coach in the history of the Packers, not named Vince Lombardi. So that has worked well. You guys are probably going to get frustrated with me through this process just because I don't have like this strong opinion on whether or not it was a good hire or a bad hire because ultimately we won't know. The other thing to keep in mind is Doug Peterson was called the worst head coaching candidate ever, and Doug Peterson has done nothing – in these last two playoffs, but win with a backup quarterback. So that hires turned out really well, and the Eagles are laughing all the way to the bank. So you're telling me there's a chance. 
Yes, there, yes, that's right. There is a chance. Nick got a new toy, everybody. So Yeah, you'll uh, be hearing a lot more of those sound effects from my end. Uh, we won't go too overboard with them, only when appropriate. But, uh, but you know, I, I, I want to echo what you said there, Jacob, because, you know, wh- when I first saw the news, I was kind of scratching my head. I was like, you know, I thought McDaniels was going to be the guy, but... A couple of different thoughts that I had was I, I'm not going to judge Matt LaFleur until he actually coaches a game here in Green Bay because it's not really fair to say, oh, well, he's, you know, he's a bum and he's never going to do anything and he's not a great candidate and why'd they hire him? Because like you just said, you know, Doug Peterson, who the hell thought that he was going to do anything? He was Brett Favre's backup. And for all we knew, the only thing he knew about offense was how not to do it from what he learned with Brett Favre. So, and, and, you know, he's got a Super Bowl now. Everybody said with Sean McVay, there's no way you should hire him because he's too young. What does he know? Now, all of a sudden, he's got the Rams, you know, potentially going to the Super Bowl. And, and who's the, who's the coach in, of the Los Angeles Chargers? He's a, he's a young, he's a young guy as well. And, you know, he's got his team going. So I'm not going to, I'm going to reserve judgment until I, you know, have a body of work to go with. Uh, with uh, Matt Lafleur, but you know, it, it, and the other thing is, it's not like any of the candidates that Green Bay interviewed. I mean, it's not like it's not like they w- had a chance to interview and hire Bill Belichick to be your next coach. Like, I mean, every coach that they had on their list had a question mark of some sort. So it's not like you were guaranteed, you know, anything with any of these hires. Now, maybe some of them, you know, were maybe a bit, you know, what you'd call a safer pick. I know a lot of people said that Josh McDaniels was the safe pick uh, with with the coaching options. But, you know, ultimately, I, I, how can you say anything about the guy as a coach in Green Bay when he hasn't... I mean, hell, at the time of this recording, he might not actually be in Green Bay, Wisconsin. I, I think it's I, he might be at this time, but I mean, you know, I, how can you how can you judge that guy? Uh, but you know, let's let's talk about some of these things. One of the things I'm really excited about with him that I hope he brings over from Tennessee, and I'm sure a lot of it, or at least some of it, was due to the fact that he was kind of strong armed into having to do it, but. Uh, Derrick Henry is a hell of a running back, and uh, they utilized him a lot in Tennessee. Uh, so, Jacob, I know you and I, we really love Aaron Jones. So, hopefully, the one thing that I really hope that Matt LaFleur will do is actually utilize the run game. Because I know one of my biggest frustrations with Mike McCarthy is Mike McCarthy always talked about how he wanted to establish the run game. And that's great when you're standing in front of a podium and saying that, but it's frustrating then when you get into a game plan and it doesn't seem like you're actually committed to that. So that's something that I really hope that Lafleur will do. The other thing is everybody's criticizing him, and I know, Jacob, you talked about it uh, just a few minutes ago, but, you know, that the Titans offense wasn't that great this year. Well, half the year was spent playing with Blaine Gabbert and let's not even pretend for a second that Marcus Mariota is anywhere near as good as Aaron Rodgers. Even if he's a good quarterback, he's, he's not on the same platform as Rodgers. So that's going to, I think the bigger thing that if you really are concerned with Matt LaFleur, if there is any 
one concern that you should have with Matt LaFleur, it is can he handle Aaron Rodgers and can he stand up to him and can he get him to follow a game plan that he actually wants him to follow? That is what I think that you should really be concerned about. And I'm not saying that there is concern there. I'm just saying if you do have one concern, and hell, that goes for any of the coaching candidates that we that we interviewed, is can he deal with Aaron Rodgers? And Jacob, I mean, do you believe that Matt LaFleur will be able to handle Aaron Rodgers, or do you think he's going to be a doormat to Aaron Rodgers? Well, I think that from what I've gathered is, you know, based on what people are reading, Dan Orlovsky, and I know he didn't have the greatest NFL career, but has said that he'll coach hard. Um, Trent Dilfer, again, not the greatest NFL career, but has said Matt LaFleur will coach him hard. Um, Robert Griffin, congratulated him. Robert Griffin obviously played for him. So did Kirk Cousins. Um, but it seems like that one of the one of the big things that everybody's talking about is he will coach Aaron Rodgers hard, which Rodgers has said he desires in the past. He wants to be coached. Um, and maybe toward the end there, Mike McCarthy wasn't necessarily as hard on him as he needed to be based on some of the stuff that's coming out there about, you know, Rodgers changing plays without McCarthy knowing and that sort of stuff. It seems true. Um, the big thing with LaFleur, like you mentioned, the big thing for any of the coaches, whoever it was that they hired, their biggest thing was if it was a defensive coach like, say, Brian Flores, his thing was going to be finding an offensive coordinator that establishes a relationship with Aaron Rodgers of I'm the coach, you're the quarterback, and I'm on a different level than you are. And that's not to say that Aaron Rodgers doesn't deserve some freedom at the line of scrimmage and all that sort of stuff because he does. But outright ignoring play calls, stuff like that, that stuff is things that needs to be nipped. So. I'm optimistic on LaFleur and his ability to handle Aaron Rodgers. I know Aaron Rodgers is a tough player to coach. Any great quarterback is. Peyton Manning was hard to coach. Tom Brady is hard to coach. That's where, I mean, you see Bill O'Brien, and there's a famous clip of Bill O'Brien and Tom Brady getting into it on the sideline. Josh McDaniels and Brady used to do that too. Uh, It happens all the time. McCarthy and Rodgers used to get into it on the sidelines too, and people, that's kind of where some of the do-they-hate-each-other things started. That's where it gets a little interesting. But I'm optimistic on the floor based on what I've heard, what I've read. Ultimately, again, this is tough because we live in a society where you have to have this hot take and you have to have this strong opinion right away. So somebody wants me to say right away, immediately, oh, yeah, I know the floor will do this or I know he won't do this. You know, today, if another reason if you want to be optimistic about this hire, people that have this morning on – Fox Sports show, uh, I think it's called Undisputed. I don't even know because I don't watch it. But Shannon Sharp and and the other guy whose name I won't say (coughs) said that Aaron Rodgers just hired a pushover. So there's one endorsement in the other direction. I feel pretty good about that. Colin Cowherd said he doesn't like the hire. I feel pretty good about that. Uh, (laughs) Greg Gabriel uh, is another guy. I feel pretty good if he's not endorsing that hire either because those guys are know-it-alls that really don't need, don't know a whole lot. So, um, I mean, ultimately, yeah, we don't know. So it's hard to say how this is going to work out, how LaFleur is going to coach. He hasn't coached one down of professional football with Aaron Rodgers. How are we supposed to know? But it sounds like from the people who would know, Cousins, RG3, Dan Orlovsky, Trent Dilfer, actually Dilfer for all of his faults is actually really smart. I enjoy his analysis on television. Those guys say that Matt LaFleur is going to coach guys hard. Um, 
And that's kind of the biggest thing right now. So if you want optimism, there it is right there because it's clear, especially after this year, that the Packers need, very similar to when Mike McCarthy was hired and Brett Favre was basically doing whatever the hell he wanted. You know, Mike McCarthy came in here and he basically had his own, Favre had his own locker, his own locker room, whichever way you want to look at that, and was essentially the coach of the team uh, for, you know, if not in title, but definitely in, in action. So... This is a similar situation, and hopefully Matt LaFleur is to Aaron Rodgers what Mike McCarthy was to Brett Favre. Absolutely, and, you know, again, we keep coming back to this. Really just, you know, give the man a chance. He hasn't done anything in Green Bay yet, Um, you know, but I do have to ask you, Jacob, because when I I saw this reported, uh, um, I was initially a little bit concerned because it didn't seem to really make a whole lot of sense to me that they interviewed, they had their first round of interviews with their coaches. And after they interviewed all these coaches, they didn't do round two really like, like you would kind of think they would normally would, you know, that they, you know, they did all these interviews and then they quickly decided, all right, LaFleur's our guy. And they just didn't, interview anybody else and it's not like anyone else on their list was really you know a a hot pick for these other teams looking for coaches so was that concerning to you at all that they you know had this quick turnaround and didn't really do second rounds of interviews with anyone this is kind of where we lose sight or track of what we know because the other thing is Matt LaFleur could have just killed his interview and if he did then and they decided that's our guy and he just blew us away i liken it to this is a different sport obviously but last year uh, i was tracking the new york yankees manager search because i'm a fan of the team and they had fired joe girardi and they were looking for a new guy they were going to do second interviews with hal steinbrenner after brian cashman had interviewed uh the candidates and every single person in that room told hal steinbrenner our choice is aaron boone well, if everybody in the room decided Aaron Boone was the guy, there's no need for second interviews because what's going to change our mind in that time frame? If LaFleur was that good in his interview, and it, I would imagine since his, they moved as quickly as they did that he was, why wait? You know, what's the sense of hiring or waiting on somebody else? Or Because let's just say, let's go with this example. Matt LaFleur you can have a second interview with right now, tomorrow, Tomorrow, whenever you want to, because he's not in the playoffs. Let's say Josh McDaniels was on that list. You're going to have to wait until the Patriots are eliminated, and I don't know how you feel about this, Nick, but I think the Patriots are going to the Super Bowl. So that's a long time to wait for a second interview on somebody like that. I do wonder if that played a factor in what they wanted to do, Um, but no concern to me on there because if they decided after the first round of interviews that that's our guy – no sense wasting the other guys' time because that's another way to build some bad rapport too because it's like these guys are smart. They'll be able to tell pretty quickly if you're interested or not. So I would look into uh, more on the side of LaFleur blew him away. That was their guy, and that's that's why they hired him. They might have, What's the point in waiting? Hire him now. You know, I know nobody else was going after him. He didn't interview with anybody else, which is fine. I'm not concerned about that either. Um so, I, I mean, to basically cut this off here, I would say 
I'm not concerned about that. Uh, it's pretty clear, at least in my estimation. Now, whether or not you trust Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst's judgment, that's a fair question. But it's pretty clear to me that those two decided he was their clear-cut candidate to not even do second interviews. All right. Well, here, I want to play a little bit of audio for you, Jacob, here. This is Rams coach Sean McVay talking about uh, Matt LaFleur being hired by the Packers. Take a listen to this. That's awesome. You know, uh, I talked to Matt, you know, when he was going into interview and, you know, Matt's obviously he's, he's one of my closest friends. So to see that for him, you couldn't be more excited. He's a great football coach. Uh, got a great understanding from offensive football. Uh, really a, a very, you know, he's just such a great guy where he you know, cares about people. He's going to be honest with his communication and then he's going to be invested in working really hard and trying to help put guys in good spots. There you have it. Sean McVay of the Los Angeles Rams talking about Matt LaFleur. I mean, it's a quick, you know, almost kind of like a, you know, I mean, what what else is he going to say? He's not going to stand up there and, you know, say that one of his former assistants is awful. But I mean, you know, when you when you hear someone like Sean McVay, who is very successful right now in Los Angeles, say these things about him, does that give you any extra confidence? Does it hold any weight? Or is that just, you know, hey, he used to be a coach for me and I vouched for him last year for the offensive coordinator position in Tennessee. So I'm just going to continue to, you know, kind of vouch for my guy. Probably a little of both on that, honestly. But I mean, having Sean McVay's uh, what's what I'm looking for? Endorsement? That can't hurt. I mean, McVay endorsed him. Uh, Kyle Shanahan endorsed him again. And those are kind of the two names that got him connected to this job in the first place. Two of the best offensive minds in football. Uh, no question about that. Uh, maybe the best offensive mind in football when you talk about uh, Sean McVay also. So it can't hurt. I know John Robinson, the general manager of the Titans, also vouched for him, which after a way the season went for – um, the Titans, it would be easy for John Robinson to say, oh, no, 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 don't hire that guy. Like we're, Our offense didn't meet expectations this year or anything like that. So it can't hurt uh, to have an endorsement like that. Obviously, it doesn't make or break anything, but Sean McVay's got a lot of good endorsements. Again, or excuse me, not Sean McVay. Matt LaFleur has got a lot of good endorsements, including Sean McVay. Again, the only bad endorsements that I've heard about the hire being underwhelming or anything like that are people on – hot take shows like Colin Cowherd or Shannon Sharp or somebody like that. So if those guys are questioning the hire, I wouldn't put much stock into that just because they're not connected. They're not plugged in. They're national writers. It's not possible. National media members. It's not possible for them to know everything about all 32 teams. So it's pretty simple to me. And it's easier to have a take like very quickly of this guy's not a slam dunk hire. My question to them, if Matt LaFleur wasn't a slam dunk hire and he's not, um, who the hell was? Because Josh McDaniels wasn't. Uh, any of the other candidates on that list, like you mentioned earlier, it's not like they could have hired Bill Belichick. And if they could, well, then shame on them for not doing so. But it's not like they could have hired Bill Belichick or anybody like that. Josh McDaniels, which I'm sure we'll talk about at some point throughout this show, but definitely not a slam dunk hire based on some of the stuff uh, that we've talked about before and some of the stuff that went on in this interview process. So um doesn't hurt to have those endorsements, and it actually makes me feel a little bit better that he did. All right, so to close out the show today, Jacob, it's his. It, it so obviously it'll be his first year in Green Bay. It's his first year as a head coach. It's a hard job to walk into because expectations are so high, right. and you remember Mike McCarthy's first year in Green Bay. Um, 
it, you know, it was okay. It wasn't great. Uh, they didn't make the playoffs, but it wasn't, you know, awful. So, in like, how much slack are we cutting uh, Lafleur in his first year? What do we expect to see? And, and and at what point do you draw a line of success and failure for him, uh, uh, as far as a record goes? You know, talking about you know, does he need to, you know, at least make the playoffs in his first year? Or do we just kind of give him his first year and say, look, just don't go 0-16 and, and, you know, start to – like, at what point do you start looking at it and scratch your head, say maybe this was a mistake? Or, you know, what are what should fans be looking for as an expectation in year one? Uh, I mean, I think making the playoffs is fair. That You know, for the realities of this team is they're keeping defensive coordinator Mike Patton, so another year of continuity in his system should help the defense – just simply having some different stuff to run on offense should help them. They still have talent on offense. At minimum, you have the triplets. And by that, I mean Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams. They should be able to exploit some matchups with those guys and score enough points to win games. The only time, in my opinion, that you can start, because you mentioned, you know, Mike McCarthy, they went 8-8 eight and eight in their first year. Uh, they were, I believe they were 4-8 and eight and won four in a row down the stretch or something like that at the end of that year. Maybe I'm thinking of Mike Sherman's first year. That's possible. But um, his second year, they were in the NFC Championship game and a terrible Brett Favre decision away from going to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, if they go 0-16, Matt LaFleur is getting fired. Let's, I mean, let's be honest. If you go 0-16, the coach gets fired. Um, if they go 3-13, and 13, it's very possible that Matt LaFleur gets fired. I don't think they're going to do that. If you look at this Packers team with all the crap that went on around them, they still found a way to win six games with a hobbled quarterback that wasn't listening to his head coach, a defense that was changing out guys every other week, and they still won six games. I think that that matters to some degree. I think the culture is pretty solid in the locker room. Uh, You have the leadership in place with guys like Rodgers, guys like Devontae Adams. Uh, Defense, you're probably looking at some new guys to take over leadership roles. I mean – I can't sit here and say I expect the Packers to be a Super Bowl contender because they do need some talent injection on their roster. That's Brian Gutekunst's job is to get players to adhere to what Matt LaFleur is trying to do, get some more talent for Mike Pettin, and let's roll from there. Um, you know, The one thing that I'm really looking for is KYP, know your personnel. Aaron Nagler always says, you know, coach the team you have. I want to see that from Matt LaFleur. And he'll know the strengths and weaknesses at some point. But, you know, for example, if your running back is Aaron Jones, just for example, like it is, trying to make the team a power running team is a bad idea. Uh, that's that's about it. That's not Aaron Jones' game. Um, if you have Blaine Gabbard as your starting quarterback, running the air raid system is probably a bad idea too. So coach the team you have. Adjust to them on the field. That's something Mike McCarthy didn't do in his last couple years here in Green Bay, and that's ultimately why he's not the head coach anymore. So that's my biggest thing I'm looking for is, does he identify the team's strengths and weaknesses, and does he coach according to that plan? 
All right. Well, there you have it. Uh, Jacob, I know you and I are both on the same page as far as just let the man coach a couple of games before we condemn him to death, uh, you know, and hopefully we won't have to do that. But, you know, just give the man a chance. You never know. Nobody knew who the hell Mike McCarthy was when he got hired years ago and he won a Super Bowl. So, you know, it could all work out for the best. It could be a total train wreck. We don't know. So let's just kind of live with the fact that we have a head coach. Uh, quick update uh, for you guys. Uh, if you haven't seen already, it looks like former Packers coach Mike McCarthy is out of the running for the Browns job, uh, which from what I'm hearing right now, the only position that Mike McCarthy is really kind of being considered for right now is the Jets job. I think it would be a great fit for him. But just an update there, it sounds like the Browns have moved on from Mike McCarthy as a possible coaching candidate. All right, well, with that, we'll wrap up for today. And Jacob, if people want to get plugged in with you, connected with you, how can they do that? Yeah, that'll be at Jacob Westendorf. I've uh, been talking to you guys quite a bit. Definitely anticipate a lot of conversation with the new head coach. I believe the press conference, if you guys are listening to this, it's supposed to be today uh, that he's supposed to be introduced. So we'll kind of keep uh, an eye out for that. But I'm excited to listen to him talk, see what he has to say, listen to Gutekunst and Murphy and see what they saw as to what caused them to hire them. Um, and I look forward to talking with you guys through that. All right. And as always, you can follow me on Twitter at SportsSchmitty. Um, with the football season pretty much all but over with, uh, I'll probably be reducing my role on Twitter a little bit. But nonetheless, you can follow me that way. Always, as always, guys, make sure to follow the podcast on your favorite podcast player. Make sure to like and subscribe. Follow the podcast on Twitter. I know we are looking to be adding a few more things this offseason. It's going to be a fun offseason of coverage. Not so much fun because, you know, 6-9-1 and one is not what we were hoping for. But, you know, we're going to keep continuing to bring you guys great content every day. And as things start to unfold with Matt LaFleur and his coaching staff. Hopefully Ron Zook will be gone very shortly here. Uh, as Aaron Nagler said, uh, you will be able to judge his success or failure on whether or not Ron Zook is here in the coming weeks. So keep an eye out for that. Stay plugged in. And as always, go Pack Go. Snap to Wild. Oh, yes! And taken by Jackson! Shotgun. Packer showing a blitz, and here they come. Beathard looking. Hit as he throws it. Deep down the right sidelines. And it is intercepted on the play. Spectacular interception by Kevin King at the nine-yard line of Green Bay. Snap to Rodgers looking right. Throws the right side. St. Brown makes the touch. Oh, he reached back to gather it in. Using all 6-5 of his frame. Tumbled out of bounds. Inside the 30 of the 28-yard line. Hunter Bradley the snap. J.K. Scott down on one knee. Arm extended. Here it is. Placement made. Kick is up. It is good. It is good. Yes, Delivers the dagger. One week after his worst day ever, he delivers the dagger tonight. Third and five. 13-yard line of Atlanta. Snap, Ryan, looks right, throws right, and he goes, to the house.
Rashad Freeland. Touchdown, Green Bay Packers. 19-yard interception return, and it's 16-7, Packers. Rodgers looks it over, takes the snap, blitz on, they pick it up, lost they the got right him. side. They He's got him. Single back offense behind Aaron Rodgers, who ducks it under center. From the 29 of Green Bay, and here's the handoff up the middle. Big hole, straight ahead. Here's Aaron Jones, off to the races, to the 20, to the 15, to the 10, down the left sidelines, and he's out of bounds. Inside the 10 of the 5-yard line of Miami. Aaron Jones with a burst, 67 yards. Third and six, trailing 30 to 23, two minutes straight up to go in the game. San Francisco showing a blitz through the A-gap, and here they come. Rodgers looking, throws left side of the end zone. Yes! Touchdown! Devontae Adams, left corner of the end zone from Aaron Rodgers. 16-yard touchdown pass, the Packers an extra point away from getting this game tied.